you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics, like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Eric. Hey, shammers and jammers. Eric here. <laughs> what am I gonna write this week? All right. We have a treat for you, Mr. Carlson, because uh, we're going to get things started right here. With Do you something want lo- to believe, Eric? <gasps> uh, I think I want to believe. <laughs> Okay, it's X Files. It's X Files. I'm just am I doing going, X right? Files? Can I keep going? Oh my gosh! Am, am did you it? did you have previous knowledge that you were doing X Files, or is what that is this of telekinesis? I feel like I, I know the theme song well enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. We are doing X Files. Are you excited? Oh, yeah. Does that sound I, cool? I think I'm excited. Honestly, it's I I've seen like I think when I was a kid I saw an episode or two, but. I don't really know much about it. I know that it's on the air again. Yes, they, it is. It's on what Netflix or something? Or no, it's on Fox. It's oh, it's, it's airing on Fox, on Fox right now. Oh, yeah, they're doing a gotcha. they're doing a run of six episodes. It's like a special engagement thing. Gotcha. Yeah. So I've heard excitement about it, but uh, I, I guess I could be excited. Should I be excited? You should be excited. <laughs> Over a okay. decade later, they're just airing six episodes. <laughs> just, just really just bizarre episodes. <laughs> And, and, the, and the six episodes are just like normal episodes. It's not a special event or anything. Oh, it's just sure. like, not just like doing a few aliens came to take over the White House. Ah. Yeah, it's great. Okay. It's, right. it's, it's pretty great. So, yeah, so this, is, this is timely. This is the perfect time. It's really surprising that you haven't seen much X Files or know much about it. Um, but I will say that I didn't think I did either until we decided to do this. And I rewatched some of it. And the minute that opening sequence pops up, like, it was like a latent memory in my mind just kind of like jumped up where I was like oh my goodness I do know this show and I've seen a lot of this show and this is a conspiracy (laughs) that's fantastic that's what I was doing from the ages of 9 through 11 seriously it did feel like that oh man I remember it scaring the crap out of me alright so when this came out <laughs> so young, so young, and inappro- it would have been inappropriate. So yeah, the X Files. It, it was created by Chris Carter. That's the guy's mm-hmm. name. Um, mm-hmm. The pilot. Um, we're gonna be going into season one, just so you know. So if those of you just right now, let's just say this up front right now while it's in my head. Spoiler alert for season one of the X Files. We're gonna keep it pretty bare bones because it doesn't take much. You don't need to spoil many specifics about the X-Files to talk about the X-Files. Even if I was trying, I don't know what I could spoil. I don't know. I don't know what All I right. saw. 
Because <laughs> the aliens erased your memories. All right, continuing on. Uh, so the pilot was written by Chris Carter and directed by Robert Mandel. Um, but there were, I mean, a bunch of other writers for season one were Glenn Morgan, James Wong, Howard Gordon, and Alex Ganza. They wrote a ton of episodes looking at the credits. I was like, man, did these guys sleep at all? My goodness, because there were 24 <laughs> episodes in the first season. Um, and, of course, it's starring David Duchovny and Jillian mm. Anderson. Oh, uh, yeah. They look like kids. They're like, I, 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 I want to pinch Mulder's cheeks in the first season. <laughs> I don't know. I saw an episode on Fox last week, and they did not look like kids. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah so yeah no this this came out in 93 so it's been over 20 years since the x-files premiered if that makes you feel old at all hey Um, also also notable on the x-files writing front we mentioned chris carter who created it and is the showrunner on it but vince gilligan came out of x-files the creator of breaking Breaking bad Bad. and that's also where he got associated with the star of breaking bad yeah, in one of the episodes that Gilligan wrote, he may have directed it too, but he definitely wrote it. Cranston was the guest star on that episode, yeah, and that's how that's they met. awesome. All right, yeah. I'm putting, I'm putting Heisenberg in this episode. Excellent. Oh man! Heisenberg. So we're talking about season one, and Gilligan didn't join the show until season three. So you might get docked <laughs> some points if you uh. <laughs> if you write it from from Vince Gilligan perspective. Um, <laughs> those who know Gilligan. <laughs> That's how he talks. That's pretty solid. It's solid Gilligan. I'm going to talk about it the rest of this, like Vince Gilligan. Um, so, yeah. So, you, right now, yeah. No, right now is a good time to be getting into X-Files because it's available everywhere. You can stream it on Netflix. You can stream it on Hulu, Amazon Prime, all of them. I'm currently watching it on Netflix. Just came nice. out on Blu-ray. There's DVDs. It's a good time, guys. It's a good time. Get into it. All right, so why we chose this, again, like, this was something that it's just right now coming back up, and watching it again, I just dove right into it, and I've been devouring it. I I just, <laughs> I've watched, I watched, like, kind of the greatest hits of season one, about half of the episodes or so, and just been eating it up. I just love it. I, it's, it's so much fun. Um, it's, it's, it's good Monster of the Week TV. It's, oh, it's, it's like, like Buffy? Yeah, it, it makes me feel like, it, it feels like Buffy. And like, I'm, I'm experiencing it kind of the same way. Marcus, sure. what's kind of your relationship to well, it? So X-Files, it's important to note, was one of the first shows to have an ongoing mythology. But there were episodes that are the mythology episodes dealing with the alien abduction invasion storyline. And then there are just Monster of the Week episodes. This is where the term Monster of the Week actually came from is oh. those were the types of episodes that just had a monster show up. Uh, my experience with X-Files dates back, I was, again, about five when it came out, so I was way too young. And X-Files has this lovely habit, if you are a young child, of having a funny episode that really doesn't have much scary going on, and then having the most mortifying thing you've ever seen. So I was, <laughs> I was way too scared to watch it. My brother, who's a couple years older, was into it. At one point, back before the days of Netflix... He ordered on eBay the complete DVD set, but little did we know that it was a bootleg from China. So oh, when, no. it, when it arrived, it was the Complare eighth season. It was oh. These unlabeled DVDs that mostly actually had X Files episodes on them, but they would cut off at random points. It was a complete oh, mess. Oh my goodness! 
How much so, did you do? You remember how much he spent on him? Did you say how much he spent on him? No, it was something like really cheap at the time. I think it was like a hundred bucks. So of course we should have expected the Complera Eighth season. Oh, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was oh. it was awesome. Um, oh, that's wow. that, that's and a good story. I my like dad that. and I are, are, have been watching through them more recently. That's uh, good because I mostly can watch them without being myself now <laughs> yeah no i was watching it in the dark the other night and it was creeping me out like there's some of this show that's really off-putting like it's seeing great. Mulder and scully now oh oh you mean the the monsters hey. <laughs> man you're, you're taking all these cracks at them being old when i watched these new episodes of the first this new season i was like god they're keeping it tight Oh, they're looking good. But I I had gone from just watching episodes from season one to episodes from season whatever this is. And it's just... Yeah. uh, 20 years is uh, over 20 years. Yeah. People people age, Marcus. They've aged well, but... It's Hollywood. You're not allowed to age in Hollywood. We're not like Eugene Victor Toombs, Marcus. We're not like... You're obviously not getting this right. That's that's quite a pool. (laughs) Oh, man. Sorry, I've, I'm really deep into it. All right. Um, <laughs> all right, so X-Files follows the exploits of FBI agent Dana Scully, played by mm-hmm. Jillian Anderson, who is assigned to work with Agent Fox Mulder, played by David Duchovny. No relation um, to the Fox network. None at all. <laughs> That's interesting that they chose to name him that, but whatever. Um... He goes by Mulder. He says that at one point he even preferred his parents call him Mulder. Um, <laughs> but all the ladies call him Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Oh, yeah. So Mulder, he has he started this, uh, this project called the, the, the X-Files, in which he is investigating cases involving the unexplainable and the paranormal. And Scully has been tasked with uh, joining up with Mulder and pretty much like, like he, she's told to like report on him because they want to keep tabs <laughs> on him because they they think it's you know the of the higher ups think it's ludicrous. They're like, what, what is this guy doing? X Files. Um, people around the bureau call him Spooky Mulder. Like he's <laughs> <laughs> people kind of look down on him. Uh, so this is set in Washington D.C. That's kind of where it's because it's it's the FBI. They work for the FBI, so it always kind of starts there in their little basement office, which is covered in posters like i want to believe and yeah all of yep. Mulder's stuff you know he's just literally settled into the basement uh down there he's got a good stash of porn somewhere he's into porn <laughs> that's a that's a that's a thing that you can write down as a okay. trope of, of Mulder's. enjoys um, pornography okay. and he does not care who knows it um i really don't remember that but that's really no yeah. yeah no that's his thing yeah um, like the one episode <laughs> yeah. just begins with Scully walking in and he's just looking at a magazine. <laughs> you don't care. As you do. Um, so yeah, so Mulder's the head of the X-Files. Um, he actually has a really uh, strong background. He studied at Oxford and got, has a background in psychology. He was one of the best serial killer profilers for the FBI for a time. And once he got his renown and kind of built up his reputation... He then decided, strangely to, you know, his co-workers and the FBI, that he wanted to go and start investigating X-Files. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marcus, would you get into a little bit more of his background? Like, kind of what spurred him to do this? Yeah, so the big thing in Mulder's background is that his sister disappeared when she was eight. He was 12 at the time. There's no explanation as to what happened to his sister. Is it Samantha? 
that the name of the sister? Oh, I can't remember. They don't say it that much. I should have written that down. They always right. say my sister. Yeah, I, I think it was Samantha, so you, you can get it wrong if, uh, if we're wrong. <laughs> but he remembers a bright light, and he was in the presence of this... He was in the room at the time. He runs in to see her, and he gets paralyzed. He sees this bright light. She floats away. He thinks now that it's an alien abduction. So when oh. we talk about, I want to believe... Mulder really does want to believe because he holds out hope that his sister is still out there, that she was taken away, and that she can come back someday. Sure. Wow. I had no idea. That's intense. Okay. Yeah, so Mulder's big thing with, like, his big character trait was just what defines him from Scully is that he is so eager for paranormal explanations. So when things come in and Scully's like, Mulder, how does that have anything to do with the X-Files? He's like, well, and he sometimes grasps at straws with his explanations. <laughs> it's really great because he's not yeah. always right. You know, Conspiracy like, and don't get me wrong, of... like he isn't like completely blind to the fact that there are, you know, normal explanations to yeah. things. But man, does he really want it to be aliens and or whatever sure. it is. Let's be clear. It mostly is. <laughs> You know, yes. like, you seeing that meme, the guy from the History Channel? I'm not saying it was aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> that's, that's every episode of The X-Files. They, they start off and they're sure. like, well, it's it's probably not aliens, Mulder. And then Mulder goes and he sees the alien fly by and they're like, yeah, we're aliens, Mulder. And then Scully will show up inexplicably a minute too late to see the supernatural thing yeah. and say, no, Fox, no, Mulder. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't aliens. Oh, that's great. But yeah, Mulder, like Mulder, he's you know he's charming, but he's kind of awkward. You know, yeah. he he goes into those situations like he's definitely. I love his sense of humor. Like <laughs> he he's always the guy to defuse the situation. And if Scully's getting really serious because she's definitely the more serious of the two. He's always the one to crack the joke. Yeah, um, gotcha. But yes, and it, it okay. was Samantha was the sister. Thanks for looking Samantha. that up. Yeah, no, it's just, I'm surprised. I, again, I've just been watching that, and that's like a huge part of the first season that I can't believe I didn't remember that. But again, okay, so that's Mulder, and then there's Scully. Uh, Scully, she has background in medicine. Um, she was a medical doctor, and she studied uh, medicine, but now she's in the FBI as an agent. And yeah, again, she was sent to the X-Files to bring this real scientific perspective to Mulder's work. Um, she has an undergrad in physics, so she has some knowledge of these spacey things that are happening. Um, and her big thing is that, yes, she is the skeptic. She is the one that is constantly like, but Mulder, are you saying this? There's no way. You know, that's, yeah. that's, where, that's where Scully goes first. Even if she doesn't necessarily mean it, and you, can't, you can sense that she doesn't mean it, that's where she goes. Mm-hmm. Um, she always plays devil's, devil's advocate to him. Sure. Um, what a dynamic what a duo oh there's such a duo but the thing is is like and this i need i think we should be clear on from the very beginning and i think this is something that really drew me in the show they like each other like oh, yeah. I, platonically i'm not saying that there's a will they sure. won't they thing even though there's a little bit of that they're just they like each other they're not like even though they're at odds in terms of their beliefs they're initially like both open to each other like scully isn't like Rumph, no aliens. She's <laughs> yeah. just like she's like. Well, you're weird, Mulder, but you're kind of you. That kind of makes sense, I guess. You know, like she's definitely <laughs> open to it, and so there's not this like butting heads dislike between the two of them, which is really nice. Well, Mulder gets beaten up so often 
that it's hard <laughs> not to like him when you're his partner because he just keeps going up against the organization and they're not giving him support. And he does have this tragedy in his past. So I think that's part of what bonds them early on. Absolutely. But, um, so yeah, so Scully, um, she, she's definitely, you know, she's more normal. She's quiet. She's kind of reserved. Um, she's usually the one that like in the, like when they're talking to subjects, she kind of takes lead because Mulder is the one that's the weirder one and more awkward with people. Um, but she's also, again, she like really attaches to him and like, um, there's this trust that forms that like when he gets himself into stuff, she's the one that bails him out. And sometimes that means like getting, you know, he gets abducted by monsters or, you know, you know, weird factions and she just comes in and kicks ass and gets him out of it. So it's really cool how like at that point in 1993, they created this awesome lady character who was just had just as much agency and strength as Mulder as the man who is definitely more of the, the less masculine of the two like he's the one that always has like he's the one that usually has to get saved yeah, um, sure. he doesn't have much physical prowess yeah that's great but I've seen David Duchovny that guy looks kind of looks kind of jacked looks a little Oh maybe I'm just I'm just imagining things. I I, I wish. Okay. It's it's kind of hard to tell um, in these uh, early episodes because it's the '90s and they're wearing very baggy clothes, <laughs> poofy shirts. Oh yeah, pirate shirts. Good. I'm it's writing the, that down. It is poofy the shirts. most '90s thing. Oh my goodness, Scully's right. she's like swimming in these stupid jackets, <laughs> like shoulder pads to high very heaven, poofy hair. Oh man, three sizes too big. Everything. Gotcha, oh, man. So, who who else could we possibly see on this adventure, Marcus? Yeah. So there are a few kind of side characters who show up in the first season. There's Deep Throat, who is Mulder's uh. secret informant. Keeps telling him that there's mysterious cover-ups going on within the government. They have clandestine meetings, and he'll often tip Mulder off to events that result in paranormal witnessing so Mulder will get a call from Deep Throat and then go to the place that he says and then investigate something Yeah, there's uh, assistant director Skinner who's the guy that Mulder and Scully report to we have the feeling that he may be more in their corner than some of the rest of the people in the agency but he's not going to stand up for them too much is that a fair assessment Andrew? oh yeah that's perfect mm-hmm. okay. and then there's this other guy who in the first season I think says a single word. Is that right? The smoking man? Oh. Uh, he has one line, yeah, and it's very brief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have heard of him from a bare naked ladies song. Nice. Sure have. So this guy is just the smoking man. And I have a strong suspicion that they had no idea who he was in the first season. They just started putting him in the background of scenes. That, is, yeah. that is exactly what happened. No, that's there. That is exactly what happened. Um, I've actually I've been listening to a podcast. It's a companion podcast to the X Files called The X Files Files yes. with Kamel Nanjiani. <laughs> it's great. I highly recommend it. If you're getting into X Files now, listen to it. It's so much fun. He was just on the most recent episode that aired. Like he actually got on the show, which is crazy because he's such a huge fan of the show. So are you saying because we're doing a podcast on the X Files right now, we might have a chance in another twenty years when they bring it back showing up? We could. Maybe. <laughs> uh, it's a great show, but anyway, he does some research into the episodes, and that was literally something that happened. Like, the smoking man is in the first episode, just as a background character, 
And they just kept bringing him back because he had such gravitas, such presence. <laughs> sure. Yeah. A good extra that got uh, elevated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so the, this the is... setup here is very simple, right? Mm-hmm. For the X-Files. It's, it's investigations. There's the alien over theme, but there's monsters of the week. So I think we can go into a few of the tropes and then uh, kind of set you free after that. Andrew, do you want to talk about some of the things that we might see? Yeah, let's do it. Since we're talking about the Smoking Man, one thing is G-Men. Mm. There is constantly this presence, this like, because they work for the FBI. It's a government agency. But yet there's some other government guys that keep swooping in at the climax of every episode pushing them aside and cleaning up the evidence you know like there's always <laughs> another force at work that takes the evidence away so they're it's always out of reach the the, the truth what Mulder just craves for is always out of reach there's always these men in black g-men characters sure um, another thing and Marcus mentioned this earlier at the end another good thing that for that kind of happens every episode or near the end is Scully shows up late Oh, and yeah. misses everything <laughs> or gets knocked out um, right before something important happens. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much because you're watching these episodes and then you'll see they're running and they're going to get to the paranormal thing. And then Scully trips and, <laughs> and then we know that's when you're going to see it because oh, of course. the time it takes for her to get back up, Boulder's already had this moment and the things <laughs> run away. Uh, and it's every single time, and it's it's just fantastic. my favorite thing. Awesome. Oh boy! What Brilliant. else is there, Marcus? Well, there are actual aliens. So, oh, I, okay. I think you know that's that's a spoiler, kind of, but not really, uh, because second we are episode so Deep much in Mulder's says, perspective. They've yeah. been here for a long time. So Roswell happened. There, there are aliens. They're the little gray men. And the Grillians. They abduct people and perform experiments on them. And when you're abducted, you witness time loss. So mm-hmm. you'll just be in your car. All of a sudden, magnetics start fluctuating and nothing's working right. The lights are flashing mm-hmm. on and off. And then all of a sudden, again, I said all of a sudden, maybe that's the <laughs> alien speaking through my brain. Perhaps. Uh, you jump forward and now it's 30 minutes later. And you have no mm-hmm. memory of that time. There's lost time. So that's yeah, you, a, a you big smell trope. like rum. It's it's confusing. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. You're late for your doctor's appointment. <laughs> Inconvenient. You got it. All right. Cool. Yeah, along those lines with the aliens, bright lights. Like uh, watching rewatching the first season. There's so many episodes where they're in a forest and there's just bright lights shining through the trees. That is such a consistent image in this show. The aliens are associated with bright lights all the time. Sure. Um, They're scared of the dark. I would be. <laughs> it also helps cover up their limited CG budget. <laughs> yeah. Budgetary allowances say we're shooting this in the woods and bring the biggest light you have. Yeah. It's much easier to have a spotlight than a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. I get that. So, again, I just want to reiterate that Mulder and Scully... They argue about things, and Mul- and Scully is definitely skeptical, and yes, Mulder jumps to crazy conclusions a lot, but they both respect each other, mm-hmm. and they have a positive relationship and great chemistry from the word go. Um, that's Again, that's such a great strength of this show, is the strength of their relationship. Um, 
So gotcha. really nail that. Um, but again, in terms of science fiction concepts that you and the paranormal things that you can play with, everything is on the table. Yeah. It can Ooh. be anything. In this first season, there is the reference I made earlier, Eugene Victor Toombs. He is a man who has the ability to squeeze through tiny spaces. He kills his victims by squeezing through vents, killing them, and ripping out their liver and eating it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all that's, right. That's one guy. He's so, a blast at parties. He's <laughs> played by the, the guy who plays the terrible uh, guard in The Green Mile, if anybody knows that. Oh, lovely. Percy in The Green Mile. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then there's just, you know, aliens of different sorts, just kind of like a predator-like alien in one episode <laughs> that's running around. He's in, It's invisible, and you never really see it. Um, Sounds cheap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going like to keep the budget bugs. in mind. Good. Okay. Killer bugs that, like, cocoon people and drain them of their bodily fluids. Um, Conspiracy is a big thing. Yes. Bringing in conspiracy with a lot of things. The alien is the big conspiracy throughout the whole show, but there's always just little winks with a lot of these creatures that maybe the local sheriff's been covering something up, or there's a family who has a little secret, and that's part of the conspiracy. Sure. So that, is, does it part. ever turn out to be just like some guy who's wearing like an alien mask, and then he says like, "Oh, I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids." That would not then, be out of place here. Okay. Le- legitimately, right. you could do a Scooby Doo episode on the X Files, <laughs> and it would just work just as well. <laughs> I guess that shows that my my lack of knowledge with the rest of the series. Now that we're kind of going back and revisiting it, because. In the first season, all the episodes I watched, and I watched quite a few of them, there's no false notes. Everything is actually happening, yeah. <laughs> it turns out. Um, so, okay. But yeah, nothing. I, 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 that's that's something to think about. So yeah, in terms of like what you can do with this, is this is Mulder and Scully on a case. Yeah. That's what we want to see. We want to sure. see your version of Mulder and Scully, whatever it may be, whatever this monster is, whatever the alien is, whatever the conspiracy is, we want to see what that is. We want to see what Done. you do. Done. Great. All right. All right. Why don't you give us a little recap, then we can give you our right. bonus points or little little guidelines. Sure. This this is this is a piece of cake. All right. What we got here, we got us some X-Files, which are some special files that were started by Fox Mulder, who is a foxy guy, but he likes to be <laughs> called Mulder, but everyone else calls him Spooky Mulder. Uh, he he enjoys himself uh, a solid piece of <laughs> pornography. He is <laughs> He's a good profiler of serial killers because he knows uh, people's brains and stuff. Uh, his sister disappeared, probably taken by uh, glowing lights uh, when she was eight. Uh, I've already forgotten her name because I didn't really care enough to write it down. Uh, then we got Dana Scully, who's basically around to keep tabs on the X-Files. She's the serious one. She's an MD. She also knows physics. Uh, skeptical Scully is skeptical. Great. Um, so this takes place mostly in DC, but they go out other places. Uh, it turns out X-Files are usually not aliens. Uh, Mulder is sympathetic cause he kind of gets beat up. He, he gets beaten down a lot. He's kind of awkward. Scully bails him out a bunch. They have a good dynamic cause they like each other. Uh, there are poofy shirts, uh, because it's the nineties. 
Um, I got a couple other characters here. We got Deep Throat, who is exactly what he sounds like. He's a secret <laughs> informant. We have uh, Assistant Director Skinner, who's the boss, uh, but is sort of on their side, sort of not. Uh, Smoking Man is a background character <laughs> that will at least be mentioned. Um, there are G-Men running around all over the place, snatching all the juicy evidence away from Mulder. Uh, Scully misses all the evidence because reasons. Yep. <laughs> Uh, there are aliens which are Graylians so that's that's cool they abduct folks as you do um, when people get abducted they experience time loss there's bright lights everywhere uh, for budgetary reasons uh, Mulder and Scully argue <laughs> but but mad respect bro uh, yeah. all paranormal concepts and monsters and superpowers and whatever everything's fair game so go nuts go nuts with the conspiracy uh, and it's going to be a scene with Scully and Mulder on a case. That's yeah, that's easy. It's you, a piece you of nailed cake. it. You nailed it. So and, my bonus points to you. Oh, and here, here's a, here's a, here's a little thing. This isn't a bonus point, but uh? um, maybe maybe it's kind of a bonus point. Wow. Um, so first season they had lack of budget. So keep budget in mind when you're writing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, they shot in Vancouver, British Columbia. So wherever you set it, has to, uh, Vancouver has to be able to double for it. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of these things happen in the pacific northwest um, okay some of them happen in wisconsin uh good amount of woods some, yep any place that has woods yeah uh, and is kind of wet sure um, you can set it there <laughs> but any you can't wet, set it anywhere else <laughs> any wet woodsy place good uh, okay you know what i'm just gonna go that's my bonus point set it there okay <laughs> wet woodsy place <laughs> okay good uh and uh margus so just uh no this this won't be bonus points but you can do a lot of different genres with x-files i always loved the comedies those were my favorite episodes the third episode of the new season is a comedy so it's still a supernatural thing going on but there's a bit of levity to it and that's That's great to see Mulder be very wry with his comments on the situation and Boy, does he love it when Scully can't explain something. He just starts smirking and (laughs) doing the I told you so. Uh But the bonus points I'm going to give you have to be related to the best way Scully can miss the paranormal event. (laughs) (laughs) And so she has to not only miss it, but then come up with a ridiculous real-world explanation for this otherwise indescribable event that Mulder saw. So... (laughs) Sure. You know, if he gets elevated 20 feet in the air and she just doesn't see that happen, she'll come up and say, well, there there must have been a draft or a geyser somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's my bonus point. That's what I want to see. That's fantastic. Oh, I like that a lot. Okay, great. Uh, well, crap. I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm right. going to get out of here and write. <laughs> if that's all right with you. Yeah, please do. The truth is all out right. there. The truth I, is I out there. I will see you in a bit. Hey folks, while Eric is off writing, we'd like to make a quick request. If you enjoy the podcast, please support us by subscribing and get a new episode for free every Sunday. While you're at it, you might consider rating us as well. We like positive reviews, so if you have something nice to say, please say it. If you don't like the show... Well, pretend you're writing a sham fiction of a positive review and get yourself a little writing exercise out of it. Sounds like fun. 
All right, thanks for listening, and let's get back to the show. All right, so while Eric is off writing, we're going to move into our prediction segment, in which we guesstimate what he might be writing about. Marcus, what do you what do you think we're going to be hearing here? Oh, I'm so excited for whatever science fiction or fantasy trope he comes up with. But yes. what I'm really expecting out of Mr. Carlson is that he will run with the unspoken Fox Mulder Dana Scully romantic relationship and that there will be Ooh. some some serious flirtation. I don't know if we'll see the trademark Eric Carlson and then 30 minutes passed, but <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I wouldn't yep. be too surprised. Standing in the great. woods, thirty minutes later, the howls of the beast returned. <laughs> this time, it wasn't just Mulder. Uh, oh so. yes, I hope that's great. Yeah, Hopefully, that's, that's on purpose my, this time. <laughs> secret bonus points: definitely the uh, romantic tension between <laughs> Scully uh, and just Mulder. Fodder for those shippers. Oh, oh my boy. Goodness. Oh boy. Uh, so for me, I I just want the most I want Mulder at some point to just go off. I want Eric to just like just embrace the conspiracy and <laughs> just have Mulder just go off on the wildest like connecting all the just the loosest dots imaginable to create just like just like go off on a tangent at one point and describe what he thinks it all means. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I just, I love when Mulder just jumps to just cr- the craziest conclusion in the most serious fashion, um, and I, I hope we kind of explain that enough that Eric picks up on that and gives us a really good one. Well, it's yeah, I, I think what's great with that is Mulder will go off on this crazy unified conspiracy theory with the smallest provocation at the start of the episode, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then when they find out a million paranormal facts throughout the case it's never enough for him and it never catches up to that craziness inspired by a single disappearance or a single murder oh he wants the physical evidence so bad he wants wants to believe get it it's just he wants to believe oh and hopefully he says that like at least three times all right uh i think we're ready to bring it back yeah i I think we have to i'm so excited for this Greetings, Agent Neil, Agent Man. Eric, did you always have that third eye? Oh my god, I've been to the other side, Marcus. I have seen the light and I have returned. And guess what? I want to believe. (gasps) Oh, he said Um, it. I'm a little skeptical about that. Uh, Being uh, being a woman of science, Eric, I'm not sure I'm ready to believe you. (laughs) Oh, that's fine. I think I'll make a believer out of you yet. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> so, yes. uh, is, is there any more preamble? Can I jump right in? Just jump in. I'm so I'm excited jump for in. this. I'm going to, I got to get my creepy voice on. Hold on. <laughs> we get a creepy voice. Have you been smoking? Have you been smoking? Getting exactly. into the smoking man? Oh, oh, there will be some G-men. <gasps> Just you wait. Gosh, no more. No more spoilers. So, The X-Files. By me, Eric Carlson. <laughs> And no one else. (laughs) The sound of retreating footsteps on loose gravel grated through Mulder's skull. The cut on the bridge of his nose throbbed, and blood was now flowing down his face into his mouth. He spat and took a gasping breath, twisting his body in order to get a view of his assailants, but it was no good. 
His hands and ankles were bound, the wet rocks of the lakeshore digging into his arms and back, preventing him from getting a good look at the men in black suits who had done this. (laughs) He was helpless, and Scully wasn't there. (laughs) The morning was foggy, and the air smelled like fish. They had driven all night to get to this remote lake, following the story of a little girl who had disappeared, taken from this very shore. Scully didn't think the case belonged in the X-Files, quoting the published statistics on runaways and abductions perpetrated by family members. She didn't believe the mother's story, who had described the creature's bluish skin, fish-like fins, and monstrous set of razor-sharp teeth. (laughs) Mulder had grabbed all of the material he could find on the folklore of the Orkney Finfolk, the Irish Murrows, and even the sirens of ancient Greece that he had lying around his closet of an office, and spent the night reading while Scully drove. Let's find a motel for the night, Scully had suggested, rubbing her eyes with one hand and steering with the other. It's late. There was a tone in her voice that Mulder knew well. It meant that she thought he was being ridiculous, and she didn't want to have to say it. Scully often sounded like that, but there was no malice in the tone. In fact, Mulder took her withheld remarks as a sign of trust and respect. She would go along with any crazy scheme he cooked up without a single complaint, as long as she could rub it in his face when he turned out to be wrong. (laughs) Her name's Alice. She's only eight, he replied grimly, reminding her of the impetus for their haste. Scully sighed deeply, but said nothing, letting the car drift a few miles over the speed limit. Splock! (laughs) A a loud, wet sound pulled Mulder out of his reverie. His eyes sprang open, and for a moment his vision swam. He shook his head and strained his ears, trying to identify the sound, ignoring the pain in his ribs and his face. Splock! (laughs) (laughs) The same noise again, slightly closer. It was coming from the direction of the lake, which lay lay somewhere beyond the thick wall of fog at Mulder's feet. He lifted his head and forced himself to sit up, scraping his tied hands painfully on the stones as he did so. Hello? He called out into the fog. Shplock, the sound replied. (laughs) It was a squishy, slapping sort of noise, like a jello mold falling onto the floor. Mulder's pulse quickened, but the slow march of the approaching creature remained steady. Splock. Mulder quickly thought back to his hasty research in the car. The fishman in all his forms was a water-dwelling creature. It was most dangerous at sea or in rivers and lakes, luring fishermen and explorers in, and then pulling them under the waves to their deaths. Of course, that's not to say they weren't deadly on land as well. The fishman was said to wander inland to pick off young children and incapacitated prey. Splock! Mulder looked down at the twine that bound his feet. Incapacitated prey indeed. Suddenly, the attack of the men in suits made perfect sense. The G-men, or whoever they were, were giving an offering to the fishman that lived in this lake. They had beaten him and tied him up so he would be easy pickings for this thing. He spotted a sharp-looking rock a foot or so to his right, and he began flailing his body towards the makeshift knife. 
Splock. It sounded like it was only a few feet away as Mulder swung his legs toward the serrated rock and began working away at the twine. Splock. As he worked, <laughs> he looked up to see a large, dark shape looming towards him through the fog. His eyes widened as he quickened his pace, though the twine was only fraying slightly. Come on, he thought. Where are you, Scully? <laughs> a quarter mile down the beach, Agent Dana Scully was looking for seashells. <laughs> if she had slept at all that night, she would have probably objected to being sent on such an errand. But as it was, she was just operating on autopilot. She stopped walking rubbed her tired eyes, and stared out at the blank whiteness of fog that hovered eerily over the lake. The rational part of her mind told her that Mulder was being overly obsessive and downright indulgent in this case, driving all night just to look for evidence of some hairy fishman. <laughs> to add insult to injury, Mulder had asked her to go find a large conch, cell, conch shell as soon as they arrived. He had justified the request by insisting that if the creature did exist, the only known ward was to blow into a conch shell horn. Scully had agreed, but only <laughs> after Mulder promised to let them get some rest afterwards. The thought of collapsing on some dingy motel mattress roused her slightly, and she gave the stony beach a sweeping appraisal. There! She jogged over to a watermelon-sized rock, reached down, and picked up a huge, perfectly formed conch that had lodged, been lodged to the side of the rock. She smiled blearily before Mulder's panicked voice drifted towards her from across the fog. Scully! His voice echoed. It's the fish man! <laughs> Shplock. Mulder scrambled backwards, ignoring the half-chewed twine that still bound his legs, trying to get away from the hideous creature. Although it was probably very graceful in the water, on land it seemed totally out of place. It was man-sized with blue-green scales covering its bloated, baggy, wet skin. There was a tangled mat of damp black hair on its oversized head, and a huge, toothy mouth grinned at him. It was gaining on him, approaching faster than he could back away. Shplock! It lay an immensely powerful fin-like hand on his leg. Mulder shouted again, Help! Suddenly, a loud, clear horn sounded some distance away, and the monster immediately released him, retreating quickly back into the fog and towards the lake beyond. The sound <laughs> blasted again as Scully appeared through the fog, poofy blouse billowing, running as fast as she could down the beach while still blowing into the shell. At the same moment, a half-dozen men in dark suits erupted from the forest all around them. The G-men ran past Mulder and into the fog, carrying handguns and nets, clearly trying to head off the creature. They all disappeared into the fog as Scully reached the spot that he lay. Scully! he shouted, a smile on his bloody face. Did you see it? Mulder, <laughs> what happened to you? she said panicked as she dropped the conch and began cutting the twine with a small pocket knife. Did you see the fish man? He insisted as his hands were freed. The sounds of a man screaming and water splashing through the fog filled the air for a moment. Who are these men? She asked, ignoring his question. Did they do this to you? 
I'm afraid so, said a voice from behind. They both turned to see two men in suits, one balding with a friendly-looking face, the <laughs> other less friendly-looking with a plume of ginger-brown hair behind a receding hairline. What have you done here? Scully asked, rising to her feet after cutting the twine on Mulder's legs. She reached into her blouse and produced her badge. You've openly attacked an agent of the Federal Bureau of, Bureau of Investigation. That's a Class A fa Put it away, lady. You're outbadged here, the less friendly man interrupted. The friendlier one cut in as Mulder regained his feet. Uh, we're sorry about the treatment, Agent Mulder, Agent Scully, but this case is no longer in your jurisdiction. We appreciate all your legwork. <laughs> Another series of frantic splashes and screams filled the air for a moment. Several of the men could be heard yelling, I got it! And, into the crate! <laughs> Nothing could be seen through the thick fog. Mulder spoke. You use me as bait to capture it? Why? The two G-men looked at each other for a moment. Then the unfriendly one said, That's classified. But believe me when I say we're all better off for it. Come on, Stitterson, he said, speaking to his partner <laughs> as he walked towards the lake. I want to see this merman before I die. <laughs> Hold on, Hadley, said Sitterson, bending down and picking up the conch that Scully had dropped. Hadley stopped and turned to Sitterson, who said, We'll need this for the cabin. He tossed the conch to Hadley, who caught it, grumbling to himself. He carried the conch back towards the woods, away from the action in the water. Sitterson gave the FBI agents a smile and walked towards the fog and the struggling men, rolling up his sleeves as he did so. Mulder and Scully shared a bewildered look. "'What about Alice?' asked Mulder. "'What?' said Sitterson, turning to face them. "'The little girl who was abducted,' he clarified. "'Oh, her!' said Sitterson with a smile. "'Eaten, probably. Don't worry about it.' <laughs> Mulder was about to object, but he was cut off by Sitterson. Oh, and thank you two again for all the help. Half the things we've collected so far are creatures you two dug up for us. Keep up the good work. <laughs> he gave them both a thumbs up, then disappeared into the fog. Wow! The <laughs> oh, I believe! I believe! I believe! Oh my goodness! What a twist! What a twist! So, um, I, I assume with all the laughter at the right spots, you knew you knew what I did. You caught on. It took oh, yeah. me a second. It took me a second when you introduced the characters. I um, the first guy you described was the balding one, which is Richard Jenkins' character. Uh, that's Stenerson, right? Sitterson. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you were gonna. I thought it was gonna be Skinner and the cigarette smoking man there yes. together. Oh. Um, but then you said red hair, and that threw me off. And it took me a few seconds to finally figure it out. It was great. And what did, what did you figure out? Yeah. So well, th this was a, a crossover, which I guess just happens even when you're writing sham fiction, not real fan fiction, uh, with the Cabin in the Woods, the Joss oh, Whedon yeah. and Drew Goddard film. Yep, yep. You got uh, it. One of my favorite movies. Absolutely uh -huh. love it. Mine so the, as well. The funny thing was, I picked up on that the second I realized that you were doing the Merman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but just like Andrew, when these two agents came in at the end, I thought that was going to be Skinner and someone else that you'd created. Oh, I see. Oh, man. See, I, I that's interesting that you caught it, Marcus. I mm -hmm. uh, 
with the conch, I still like it felt vaguely familiar, but I did not it did the pieces didn't come together until the guy showed up. But man, <laughs> was it rewarding. I was very pleased. <laughs> so hopefully we have some uh, listeners who are also fans of Cabin in the Woods. Um, it it yeah, it was just so natural to bring them in. I hope I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, this this uh, so before I go into my full remarks, I guess the first thing I want to say is that this could have passed as X Files fan fiction. Easily, this, you could easily post this as a crossover fan fiction, even without knowing the series. And regardless, Hot dang. Yeah, regardless of not knowing the series, I think this would would fit. You hit the tropes very well. (laughs) Super Uh, well. There may be fan fiction tropes in X-Files that you don't hit here that could signal you as an outsider, but Uh for my money, really quality, very funny stuff. (laughs) Yay. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like, again, like before I even realized what was going on, I was so pleased with what you were doing. The dynamic Mm -hmm. between the two... um, one thing that I loved was that flashback in the car when, you know, Mulder just says outright, like, it, it, they have a kind of a confrontation, and then he's, like, just talks about how he trusts her. Like, I was so pleased that you added that in there, mm-hmm. because I was a little afraid. It's so easy to, um, I think so. it would be so easy to kind of just dive into their dichotomy in a and it come across negatively, and just by putting that in there... That just you know, I, I felt I felt good about it. I find, I felt safe. I was like, good. He understands. He knows that these two people trust each other and are yeah. have a positive relationship despite their differences. Well, Great. that was the the line specifically about there being no malice in Scully's chiding comments. That is one of the things that sold this as a real X Files piece. Because there is that underlying love, even if it's not a romantic love throughout the course of the series, that you just you captured in that scene. Awesome. I also, gosh, Fantastic. I liked how it started in Medias Res, you know. So mm-hmm. we, we started in the action and then flashback, very common in television shows. Uh, if this were an X Files episode, it would start with the little girl and these people we've never seen before, and she'd be captured sure. before the mm-hmm. intro. But gotcha. yeah, this this would not be surprising as the start of the first act. Gotcha. I hope I kept the budget down enough for this one. Uh, <laughs> yes, I tried to make fog. as much obscured oh, by fog, fog yep. as possible. Yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, fog good. guy. He got paid extra for this for this episode. <laughs> um, I, I, the environment was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Setting it on a foggy beach somewhere, like I think there are at least. I think at least half of the f- episodes in the first season have a foggy beach at some oh, of point. Course. There are so <laughs> many like, foggy beaches. The, yeah. the, the, the placid lake between uh, the mountains in the glorious Pacific Northwest, which uh-huh. again nailed my bonus points oh, because yay. I could easily see this being set in uh, British Columbia, um, bonus which points. was lovely. But you I loved those... I loved your sense of environment and yeah. the tangibility of it. It was it was really. It was it was it was well described. I, I thought that was great. That was very strong. Thank you. So I'd like to go into my full critique, but before doing that, I want to get your reactions. How did you tackle this? What was the process like? What was hard? What was easy? What was fun? Gotcha. Um, well, first of all, the idea of crossing it over, like I, I was trying to figure out what my creature was going to be because I, I knew that I wanted to do a Creature of the Week episode. I wanted to pick a good monster. Um, I, I had started with just thinking, okay, what what is something that wouldn't 
have appeared on the X-Files because I didn't want to do a werewolf, you know, when mm-hmm. werewolf has probably been done a hundred times on the mm-hmm. show or that, or anything like that. And I, my first source of inspiration was that, Oh, you know, what's a, what's a movie that has a lot of monsters in it. <laughs> Cabin in the woods. Yeah. And as so soon as I thought what about is, what that, is the, the premise of Cabin in the woods so, in a couple sentences, just for yeah, people out there who haven't heard. That's a good point. So Cabin in the Woods, it's this take on this um, spoilers. kind of... Uh, yeah, spoilers <laughs> oh, yep, for yep, Cabin yep. in the Woods oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, it's this take on the horror genre, specifically like kind of this teen slasher sort of horror that uh, was kind of rampant a lot, especially in the 90s and early 2000s, uh, where there is uh, a group of teenagers who go into a, a cabin in the woods and they're beset by a monster. And the spoiler territory comes in when you find out that it's not just any monster. It is one of several dozen choices of monsters that have (laughs) been set forth by a government, underground government agency that basically is set below this cabin. They have uh, a huge warehouse full of monsters. And based on the actions of the kids in the cabin, uh, one of these monsters will be set loose. So, uh, again, this is all spoiler territory, but towards the end of the movie, all the monsters basically get set free and, and we, we get a lovely peek at this, uh, this alluded to monster called the Merman. Yep. And that's, and it's, it's a beautiful moment. I won't spoil the entire thing, but it is my favorite part of that whole film is the Merman part. And so I realized it my monster had to be the merman Yay. and I, I wanted it to fit into the chronology of mm-hmm. that world. So I like I got to put Citizen and Hadley in there, but as younger dudes before they were just the control room operators as they appear in Cabin in the Woods and have a little setup with a payoff for that uh, uh, Hadley's missed opportunity to see the merman. Oh, he so. loved that merman so much. He yep. wanted yep. it so badly. <laughs> Absolutely. So the uh, my process, I mean, I obviously, that, that that's how I chose my monster. That's how sure. I wanted to set it up. That's how I knew I wanted to end the piece, where it's revealed very clearly that if you've seen Cabin in the Woods, that this is, in fact, a Cabin in the Woods crossover. Um, but from there, I was just trying to make the kind of darkest, uh, uneasy sort of, uh, feel before that because I knew that Citizen uh, and Hadley and all that stuff was going to take over and hijack the story at the end so I just wanted to get as many good creepy moments or just you know this unsettling sort of feeling uh, in the beginning of the story I wanted to use a lot of prose that was um, not happy <laughs> just yeah. kind of dark and, and gritty and a lot of visceral sort of uh, words describing the feel and the the smell and everything. Mm-hmm. And I just want to comment on how well you transitioned between that and how well it fit together. Because when you're talking about and you you nailed that, like what you're saying uh, regarding your intentions, the piece pulls that off. It felt in the moment. It felt intense. It was scary at the beginning. And then when you transition into the cabin in the woods thing at the end, that's funny. It's kind of tongue in cheek. I I just it, it works so well. Like just that swap worked, and I, I really dug that. And with that switch, that's something that actually you see a lot on the X Files. 
that oh. it's not always as humorous as what you did, but uh-huh. the people, the G-men who come in at the end, take this whole thing that was so important to Boulder and Scully that they fought so hard on, then they'll just come in casually and say, yep, we're wrapping this up. And hmm. it, it, in contrast, kind of makes light to what Mulder and Scully have been through in the episode. Not always oh. played for laughs, but sure. that, that did remind me, especially he comes in and says, this is outside of your jurisdiction. That's part of what made me think that this was Skinner. It was the boss saying you're no longer on this case because that's oh. frequently how they end the episodes. Gotcha. That's wacky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that also makes me very happy. That's fantastic. Yeah, so that, I don't, I don't, probably wasn't intentional, but that worked yeah. out really well for the source material. Gotcha. Well, with that switch, um, Andrew said that it worked well for him, but Marcus, um, did you feel that uh, the switch towards humor at the end, did that give this whole thing an inconsistent tone? Was it enjoyable? How did you feel about that? Yeah, so that's that's hard for me to say. I, I It does lead to some tonal inconsistency, and if this was a longer piece, that could be earned more. Because uh-huh. of the way that this is paced out with only around 1,500 words, you have this shift that ends up feeling like closer to half and half with the piece, right? Instead of just a humorous addendum. So that I think was to the benefit of the piece because it allowed me to enjoy this as a serious moment and then as a humorous moment. If you'd had an hour long episode and the first three acts were all very serious and then the last two minutes came and started making jokes, yeah, uh, then that, tonal shift would be a bit harder if you like more uh, whiplash gotcha okay uh now uh follow-up somewhat unrelated uh Mm -hmm. i know i got andrew's bonus points with the wet woodsy place uh setting it uh in (laughs) i guess vancouver british columbia um but marcus your bonus points uh was i believe the best best way that scully misses the event yeah did i get it so I'm going to give you half credit on the bonus points. Okay. Because you did come up with a good way for her to miss the events. Uh, (laughs) Especially because it was both mundane and something that Mulder had asked her to do. Which is a good way of doing this. Uh, What I didn't get to see and what I really would have liked to see, maybe even more than the Cabin in the Woods cameo at the end, is Scully trying to justify what Mulder had seen when they met back up. That was part of the bonus points that I think... I just gotcha. absolutely love. Like, you know, of course, Mulder, there are some diseases that can pre- produce a scale-like yeah. texture of the skin. And yeah. certain <laughs> tribes have known to be able to hold their breath for more than half an hour. And just this crazy right. cacophony of coinciding events that would have to happen to make something like what Mulder saw. Uh, now I'm disappointed in myself because honestly, when I was writing this, I, I wrote that line where, where uh, Mulder's like, uh, did you see the fish man? Did you see it? And the first thing I had started writing was just like, what are you talking about, Mulder? You don't know what you saw sort of line. And it just, it seemed, I couldn't nope. wrap it up because I was, I was getting towards the end of my thing and I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing and I wish I had gone for it. No, the, the way that you handled that though was perfect because that just was one of the scenes that felt the most x files to me, which was just... Mulder, completely oblivious to his physical condition, obsessed with this thing that he just saw, (laughs) and Scully not even mentioning it. Just just pretending like it didn't happen. That is very X-Files. So that that did work to your credit. Fantastic. Uh, Like I said, I think the only exchange would be with some of that interaction between the agents from Cabin in the Woods at the end. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 
So, so one of my uh, what I behind the scenes with my secret bonus points. So ooh, yes, <laughs> I, I I thought that you were gonna go more in like an alien route because this is X Files and that's kind of like again like kind of embrace the conspiracy this conspiracy elements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I secretly wanted you to have Mulder just kind of go off on a tirade about connecting everything together, you know, just like it's all connected, Scully, this leads to this, leads to that guy, you know just like, (laughs) go off, because I think that would have tied really well into Marcus's bonus points so I was kind of feeding off that a little bit with Scully kind of like coming back at him with a, well, Mulder, though I will give you great credit for Scully's explanation in the car for the girl's disappearance Mm -hmm. I thought that was really well Stated. Oh, about is probably a, a family member kidnapping yes. or that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That's that 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 again made it feel really well. I mean, sure. it made it feel real. It made it feel like it was written by someone who has seen it. Fantastic. Going back to the statistics there is something that Scully will do frequently. They they always know a lot about every case. It's almost yeah. like they have researchers on the writing staff or something <laughs> like that. They just happen to know the yeah. quoted statistics. <laughs> gotcha. And, and they, they will. They'll just they'll just rapid fire them off. It's like <laughs> an accepted trope that they'll wink at the audience with. Here's what you need to know as a viewer to get up to yeah. speed. And we just accept okay. that they're very clever. <laughs> well, I I would have liked to tie th- uh, things more into the overall conspiracy, but it mm-hmm. just I, I wanted to do a creature of the week. Uh, I oh, wanted yeah. to keep the story small. So I'm sad we didn't get your secret bonus points. But no, it, I, I was I was very pleased with with the end result. Um, one more thing that I want to mention specifically, yeah, is the ticking clock, the the the, the approaching monster. Your use of the onomatopoe, onomatopoe. I can't say that word. Onomatopoe or onomatopoetic sound. Thank you so much, Marcus. I you're welcome. Futs that one up, but the your use of that thing. Um, <laughs> as this device Shlock. to like just keep Shlock. bringing us back to into the moment mm-hmm. like that it, it worked really well and I, I like that a lot <laughs> that is good to hear I, I was I didn't know how that was going to go and honestly reading it I think this was the first time I read that aloud so <laughs> how do you spell the, the word did you use the same spelling of the word every time oh absolutely was, what was it like what was it's, it spelled it's, like it's Shplock S-H P L O C K. Schlock spelled oh, the regular course. way. Of course. That's what I wrote I don't in know my how notes. Schlock. nailed it. <laughs> you, you nailed it. Schlock. <laughs> All when right. I, I will say when I first heard the Schlock, I thought that it might have been some German character showing up and yelling an obscenity <laughs> or something. Like the very first Schlock. <laughs> there was someone swearing in the background. I thought it was going to take a, a turn. <laughs> I hope that's not an offensive thing in German. Yeah, it oh, probably no. is. Schmuck. No, that's that's like a beautiful word for like flowers or something. Oh, yeah. Our German well, our German audience isn't going to be intimidated at all. <laughs> no. I, I know that's that's where most of our fans are. In yeah. We're big in Germany. We're oh, huge. Right. Are we are we ready for scores? Marcus, oh, please. anything yeah, else? Wrap up and score. Bring um, it on. I, right. I can start it off, or do you want to go yes, first? Yes, please, please. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so, just a couple things that I'll say that led to the positivity of the critique. Uh, my secret bonus points you didn't hit, but yeah. that's okay. I, I was expecting that you'd play up the romantic intentions between Mulder and Scully, 
and uh-huh. possibly even use your trademark 30 minutes later line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yes! <laughs> the, the closest Scully you came was Mulder the, the poofy blouse at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, but I, I was fine that you didn't hit that. Your pronunciation of conch instead of saying conch gave oh, me flashbacks yeah. to high school English and reading Lord of the Flies. Oh, <laughs> so, no. So, it is conch, isn't it? it, it is uh, it? That's, that's what we determined back in ninth grade. Okay. And if that English teacher whose name I'm forgetting was wrong, then I don't know what my world means anymore. No, be- because I have heard the word conch a lot referring to a, a mm-hmm. uh, nautical animal. And I think you're right. I think I'm an idiot. Oh, right. I just <laughs> dictionaried this. Uh-huh. I just used the app on my computer here. Both pronunciations are accepted. Woo! Take that. In yeah. fact, there are three listed in the dictionary what's, app what's the third on it, Apple. it's like perfectly coiffed hair <laughs> coiffed <laughs> i've only read it in books uh, that's good that's my favorite yes. thing uh i i did i love the splock so for my <laughs> rating here i have to say eric as a writing exercise i think this is some of the best writing you've done on the show you oh, did a fantastic. great job describing the locations you kept the tension up you did a good job describing character features. It felt more visceral, like I was transported to a place through your writing. I will say that at the end, it kind of lost the focus a little bit, but that Mm -hmm. was the humor of the crossover, and I enjoyed that. So I'm going to give this 9 out of 10 seasons of The X-Files and two movies. So wow. I don't know how the two movies <laughs> do I get the two movies in. or have I not no, gotten no them? it's it's just nine nine seasons out of the ten out seasons of, ten of two and movies then two movies okay that's pretty good but you could drop the season with uh, the Terminator in it if you want okay <laughs> the so T one thousand keep mm-hmm. all the Mulder series all right I mean Robert Patrick's great but uh, oh no, oh that was like last season of the show or something wasn't it last yeah. two I think <gasps> I forgot about that I remember he was when introduced that was on the at air. the end of season eight and then they brought okay. him in for all season nine and then he was That's available right. to come back in the revival unfortunately because no I would like to see him again yeah it's too bad wow. uh, for my for my rating uh, the metric I'm going to be using is uh, is close to Mulder's heart uh, I too <laughs> am going to give you a nine out of ten um, but I'm going to give you a nine out of ten porno mags uh, hidden <laughs> under Mulder's desk <laughs> One went missing. Maybe Scully saw it and threw it in the trash. I don't know. Um, but I, I adored this piece. Um, I have been gobbling up X-Files over the last few weeks uh, since we decided to do this for the show. Um, I've watched most of season one and I'm about three-fourths of the way through season two right now. Um, and, of course, the, the most recent episodes on, that have been airing on Fox. Um, I've been watching all of those. So it was really fun. I was really excited for this, and you delivered, man. It was oh, awesome. That's fantastic. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate the feedback. This was yeah, a man. lot of fun to write. Um, I mean, it was it was easy to write. It just kind of came naturally. I like these characters, and I'm excited to check out the show for real. Yeah. Do it. The first season, well, the first two seasons are fantastic, and I'm going to continue watching them, because um, I'm sure they're all fantastic. Where could sure. we watch those, Andrew? Oh, perfect segue. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, so, X-Files right now is a good time to be an X-Files fan. It's available for streaming via both Netflix and Hulu right now, um, and Amazon Prime. Oh, my goodness. It's available on all three platforms if you're if you're subscribed to those there are a lot of other competing platforms that are not happy you just said all three (laughs) (laughs) 
I stand by what I said, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I regret nothing. So, and of course, you can buy them on DVD and the Blu-rays as well. Blu-rays, are available yeah. just came wherever out. those disky things are sold. Because um, this was shot on the film stock and can be sure was upgraded in quality. Woo! It's a good looking show. Great, very much so. All right, well, thanks, All right, guys. guys. Any final thoughts before we sign off here? The ah. truth is out there. The sparrow flies at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> I want to believe. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening, folks. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Sham Fiction, and we'll see, we'll, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Goodbye. Somehow. Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at shamfiction, and please, don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Hey, Shammers! Next week, Andrew will be stretching himself as he writes about one of the best new superheroes to hit the scene in decades. She's young, she's caring, she writes fanfiction, and she quickly realized that the classic non-politically correct outfits might have more wedgies than they're worth. So tune in for a show packed with action from panel to panel. Until then, I'm going to hang out at a convenience store and express my teen angst.